0: You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. As well, you can hear these podcasts at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. There are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, which are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works, Volume 98, by Rudolf Steiner, The Listener's Notes to 18 Lectures entitled Nature and Spirit Beings, Their Activity in Our Visible World, translated by Christian von Arnhem. This is Lecture 11, given in Frankfurt am Main on the 2nd of February 1908 in the morning, entitled The Group Eyes of Animals, Plants and Minerals. We will have to keep emphasizing that theosophy must become life, in the sense that a person learns through theosophy not only this or that, but that they learn to think, feel, and sense differently in relation to their whole environment. This happens to the human being when they receive the theosophical impulses in the right sense. They must learn to empathize, to live with all beings. Most of all, however, this must relate to other human beings. But we learn best to empathize with human beings when we first learn to empathize with the rest of the world. The human being gradually learns to know the whole world around them. They gradually learn that they are surrounded by spiritual beings everywhere, that they walk through spiritual beings everywhere. They learn to understand this in terms of feeling, in terms of sentiment. They learn to recognize what is around us in the three kingdoms of nature. They learn to recognize the beings in the mineral, plant, and animal kingdoms, they walk differently through meadows and forests, over fields and pastures, than the human being who has not gone through theosophical training. If we look at the other beings, we might at first believe that the animal beings do not have a soul like the human being. However, the human eye, capital, the human soul, is different from the animal eye. The human eye lives on the physical plane. If we consider the animal as such, the individual animal has a physical body, etheric, and astral body. In the human being, in addition to these three elements, we also have the eye. Thus, in the waking state, the human being contains their eye. The animal, however, does not have the eye on the physical plane. We have to go a little deeper into the so-called astral world. There, just as here on the physical plane, We find a population of people. We find on the astral plane a population of animal eyes. Just as a person encounters human beings here, the clairvoyant can also encounter self-contained personalities on the astral plane. These are the animal eyes. We have to think of it like this. We imagine the ten fingers of a person put through a wall. They move. We see the ten fingers moving, but not the person themselves. The latter is hidden behind the wall. We cannot explain to ourselves that the ten fingers come through the wall and move by themselves. We have to assume that some being is involved. It is the same with the animals in the physical world. All animals of the same form have a group I. Here in the physical world we see the animals walking around. What we see there has a physical body, etheric body and astral body. If we see lions here in the physical world, for example, these lions are the organs of the lion-eye living in the astral sphere. The lion-eye, the group eye of physical lions, is also a self-contained being on the astral plane, just as we are self-contained beings here. Thus each group of animals has an eye on the astral plane. There is a lion-eye, a tiger-eye, a vulture-eye on the astral plane. The individual animals are here in the physical world, just as fingers are put through a wall. If we look at the individual animals here, many appear to us to be extraordinarily clever. These animals are organized from the astral plane. That is where the animal eyes, the group eyes, are. This population of the astral plane is much cleverer than human beings. The animal group eyes on the astral plane are very wise beings. Let us observe the flight of birds, how the birds migrate through the different regions, how their flight is arranged, how they migrate in autumn to warmer regions and to gather again in spring. When we look deeply into such wise organization, we have to ask, who is hidden behind the wall that organizes all this? These are the group eyes. When we see the beaver building, we will observe that the beaver builds more wisely than the greatest engineering skill. People have observed how the intelligence of bees works, have thrown sugar instead of honey to the bees. Then they have observed them. The bees cannot carry the sugar with them. They get other bees, fly first to a source of water, and each little bee brings a drop of water and soaks the sugar with it, turning it into a kind of syrup. This they then carry into the hive. The spirit of the hive is behind this work of the bees. The individual bees belong to a single bee personality, just as our limbs belong to us. Only that the individual bees are more separate, and our individual limbs are closer together, more compact. Invisible to us, we also see through beings everywhere, through the animal group eyes, which elude physical observation. Just as we begin to feel with beings of which the human being has no idea, so we can also feel with the plant souls. The plant eyes live in an even higher world than the animal eyes. The plant eyes, those self-contained group eyes, to which again a number of plants belong, are on the so-called devakon plane. We can also indicate the place where all these plant eyes actually are. All the plant eyes are in the center of the earth. The animal group eyes circle around the earth like the trade winds. Similarly, the plant eyes are at the center of the earth. They are beings that all permeate one another. In the spiritual world, the law of permeability rules. One being passes through the other. We see the animal group eyes passing over the earth like the trade winds, and see how they carry out in their wisdom what we observe in the actions of the animals. When we look at plants, we see the head of the plant, the root, directed toward the center of the earth, because in the center of the earth is its group I. The earth itself is the expression of soul and spiritual beings. From a spiritual point of view, the plant appears to us like the nails on our fingers. The plants belong to the earth. Anyone who observes the individual plants never observes them completely. Each plant belongs to the sum of beings that make up the plant eyes. In this way, we can live our way into the sentiments and feelings of the plants themselves. What grows out of the earth, what strives from the inside of the earth toward the surface, is different in nature from what grows under the earth. If you cut the blossom, stem and leaves of the plant, that is something different than if you tear out the root. When you cut them, it is a kind of well-being, like pleasure for the plant's soul. This pleasure is similar, for example, to that which the cow feels when the young calf suckles on the udder. What grows from the plant out of the earth is really something similar to the milk of the animals. When we walk through the fields in autumn and the stalks fall under the reaper's scythe, when the scythe sweeps through the sheaves and feelings of well-being, of pleasure, Flow through the fields. It is something tremendously significant when we not only see the falling sheaves with our physical eyes, but when we see how these feelings of well being sweep over the earth as the reaper goes through the fields with the scythe. But when the roots of the plants are pulled up, this is a feeling of pain for the plant soul. In the higher worlds, the same laws do not apply as in the physical world. We obtain different conceptions when we penetrate into the spiritual worlds. Even here in the physical world, the principle of beauty sometimes contradicts the principle of pain or pleasure. It may be that someone, driven by a sense of beauty, pulls out their white hair, but it still hurts. It is the same with plants. If you pull them out by the roots, it may look neater, it may be more beautiful, but it still causes the plant pain. The stones, too, are lifeless, only in the physical world. In the higher worlds, they also have their group eyes. The group eyes of the minerals are present in the higher parts of the Devakan plane. They, too, suffer pleasure or pain. We cannot learn anything about this through speculation, but only through spiritual science. When we see in a quarry how the worker quarries out stone after stone, we might think that this causes pain to the stone soul but it is not so. Precisely when the stone is blasted, feelings of well-being shoot out of the stone on all sides. Strong feelings of well-being flow out on all sides from the quarry from which the rocks are blasted. If we have water in a glass and put salt in it, and the salt dissolves, the water is flooded with pleasure, with feelings of pleasure. Joy flows through the water if we look at the dissolution of the salt from a spiritual point of view. But when we let the dissolved salt become solid again, it happens with a feeling of pain. In the same way, the stone soul would feel pain if we were able to bake the fragmented rocks together again. The clairvoyants have always given people information about these secrets in their occult writings, the religious records. But people have forgotten how to understand these occult texts. Let us think back to distant past periods of our Earth's development. We see the stone masses of the mountains stratified together from various clay masses, basalt rocks, and so on. Going further back, we find that things on Earth become softer and softer. Then we get back to a time when the Earth was filled with mighty masses of fiery heat, when iron, all metals and minerals were dissolved into spiritual substance. The human being was also a spiritual being at that time. If human beings were to develop further, if they were to obtain their present form, that soft mass had to solidify. The mountains were formed, the mineral masses detached themselves from the soft substance, and the earth became the dwelling place of present human beings. The lifeless mass of rock crystallized out of the fiery earth like salt, out of a salt solution. Everything took shape such that the solid masses formed themselves out of the liquid state. This did not happen without pain. The whole process of solidification of the globe was connected with pain in the stone soul. In the future, the earth will again become spiritualized. The whole earth will fragment again as radium is already showing today. The process of disintegration of the earth will occur. It will become spiritualized, divine, adopted. Let us now hear what the Apostle Paul says, quote, The whole earth, all beings, groan in pain, awaiting adoption. Close quote. Here we have a representation of what happens on earth where the stone soul suffers pain until the state occurs on earth in which it is adopted. It hurts the soul when those who preach the religious records to people fantasize all sorts of things into these religious records because they do not want to make the effort to penetrate into their depths. For those who lead the people, it is nothing short of a breach of duty if they do not have the will to penetrate the religious records. The Apostle Paul knew what the processes on earth mean. In our new age, It is theosophy that should lead people into the depths of the religious records. It is sad when its appointed representatives make no effort to penetrate them, but they have no will to understand them. All the arrogance of the present which says, and to what glorious heights we their bequests have brought, must vanish. How many people believe that our ancestors knew nothing? People come and interpret Paul's writings, their religious records, as they wish, but filled with arrogance, with a feeling that they know more than our ancestors. But what effect do the words have on us? Quote, For every creature grows in pain, awaiting adoption. Close quote. If we allow the knowledge of the feeling stone soul to act on us, as it waits in pain, awaiting adoption. People with a materialistic mentality believe that outside they are merely passing through air, through wind and mist, through oxygen and nitrogen. But the person who has spiritual knowledge knows that they pass through spiritual beings everywhere, that with every breath they breathe and incorporate spiritual beings. Thus we have seen how the animal eyes circle the earth like the trade winds, how the plant eyes are gathered in the center of the earth how the earth itself feels something when we uproot the plants, and how the earth itself lives and is ensouled and feels something. Everything outside is ensouled and alive. Just as the physical body is born out of the physical substances and forces, so our spiritual parts are born out of the great universe. Then we begin to see in ourselves a small world that rests In the great world. This causes a blissful feeling in us. Only when we learn to empathize with minerals, plants, and animals do we also learn to feel how our eye rests in the whole cosmos. Thus, we see how theosophy leads into the spiritual foundations of existence. It is something that transforms our attitude to life, our life impulses, so that we become different people. Theosophical ideas are seeds, impulses of will for real experience. The End of Lecture 11